This is Shi'ar Jashub, featuring Pastor Greg Scalzo of Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. The current heavenly authority topic is respect and the limits of respect. And Pastor has been discussing the Lord's rebuke to the Pharisees in Matthew chapter 23, where he says that on them will come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of Abel to Zechariah. When we left off, Pastor Greg was reading from the priest Zacharias's prophecy to his infant son John, who would be called the Baptist. And you, child, he's speaking to John, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us. God from on high has come down to give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This was a man filled with the Holy Spirit, anticipating Messiah, seeing the miracle of God. And remember, he paid the price that he couldn't speak all those months because he couldn't quite believe it when the angel told him, even though Abraham and Sarah were proof God could give children in old age. And now he's received the promise, his mouth is open, and he gives praise unto God. He's a good priest, a good man. When you talk about that section in Matthew, um, where we read in Matthew 23, about Zechariah, son of Berechiah, secular scholars make fun of the scripture. The reason is the Zechariah that we have recorded in the Old Testament that was murdered was around 800 B.C. by Joash the king, not the Joash of northern Israel we studied a few weeks back. This is Joash of southern Judah. And he's killed and murdered, and that's in 2 Chronicles 24. They say, well, why would you say from Abel to Zechariah from the beginning of the world to 800 B.C. And not only that, that Zechariah is called in 2 Chronicles Ben-Jehoiada, the son of Jehoiada, not the son of Berechiah. Now, the prophet Zechariah, after they come back, his ministry was around 520, ended 480 B.C. His father is called Berechiah, but there's no record of him being martyred. And so the uh, the skeptic will say, see, Jesus heard Zechariah. He flipped the names and used the father of Zechariah the prophet, whom we have no record was, was killed. And he mixed them up. And so the Bible's not inerrant. I mentioned last week Bible difficulty books. You know, they try to answer questions. You'll get them in, your, in the Christian bookstores. This is one of those areas that they try to answer because secular scholars make fun of the scripture. And the Bible difficulty book comes along and says, well, that's not so. There's many ways to explain it away. And the way they normally do it is to say, well, perhaps Zechariah the prophet was murdered also. And we just don't have record of it. And that's how most Bible difficulty books will deal with it. This is a Septuagint. In the Greek, this is what Jesus 
and his disciples would have had in Israel, the Old Testament translated into Greek. In the Greek, and you know how names get transliterated, right? Uh, Yeshua becomes Jesus, Yohanan becomes John, right? If you pick up the Septuagint, I have a Jewish family Bible, I have a Bible in Hebrew, but this is in the Greek. This is the ones that they would have had then. You'll see that the book of Zechariah is called Zacharias. Zacharias. Zechariah and Zacharias are the same name. Zacharias is what you will find in the Septuagint as a transliteration of the Hebrew name that we say Zechariah is Zacharias. Same name. When you go into the New Testament, you know, Bible translations, you have to be careful when they translate, why they translate, what they translate. If you look in Matthew 23 and verse 35, the righteous blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah. If you look in Luke 11:51, the sister passage, the word there in the Greek is Zacharias. The same identical word you get in Luke chapter 1 and 2 speaking about the father of John the Baptist. Zacharias. Same name in the Greek. The Bible translator assumes, well, he must be speaking of one of the Zechariahs from the Old Testament. It's the same name, same in the Greek. Zechariah is Zacharias, but you know, we have our English versions of it. So they put in Zechariah in Matthew 23:35 and in Luke 11:51, where it is the same identical form as you have in Luke chapter 1, chapter 2, concerning John's father. Zacharias, because his name is it's the same name handed down. But in the Greek New Testament, it is identical. Why they translated one way, one place, and one another, I don't know. There's no reason for it, except a preconceived notion that he must be speaking about one of the Zacharias from the Old Testament. But that word there is Zacharias in the Greek. We live in an interesting time. So many things are being found in Israel in archaeology. This is from CNN.com site, the Science and Space site, July 7, 2003. The discovery was a stroke of luck. The light of the setting sun hit an ancient tomb at just the right angle and revealed hints of a worn inscription, a notice for centuries commemorating the father of John the Baptist. Now this, this inscription was by early Christians. You know, Early in church history, they, they wanted to mark all the different sites, and they wanted to know where this happened and that happened. The early Christians had knowledge of what happened to John's father. The quote that's inscribed by the early Christians in Greek says, This is the tomb of Zechariah, martyr, very pious priest, father of John. 47 letters in the Greek. This is the tomb of Zechariah, Martyr, very pious priest, father of John. And this was found at the foot of the Mount of Olives, a funerary monument at the foot of the Mount of Olives. And they go on to talk about here, they say, well, there's, it's hard to understand it, though Josephus, the Jewish historian, writes that there was a priest named Zechariah who was slain by the zealots in the temple and thrown into the Kindred Valley below. So that probably explains the reference of martyr, that John's father was a martyr. He was killed by zealots, Pharisee zealots. 
that on you may come all the righteous blood shed on the earth from the blood of righteous Abel to the blood of Zacharias, son of Berechiah, whom you, literally, what is he saying to them? You, you murdered between the altar, the temple and the altar. He's not speaking about somebody 800 years ago. And I don't believe he's speaking about somebody 400 years past, though that has always been the acceptable Christian way of explaining it away. He's speaking about a priest, a Zachariah, Zacharias, that was killed by them in their time between the temple and the altar. The tomb of Zechariah marred a very pious priest, father of John. The early church knew who it was. Just like Abel was killed by Cain, someone that wanted part of religion but didn't want to do it the way God wanted it. He wasn't irreligious. He wanted to bring the sacrifice his way. So these men are very religious, but they have no place for a man that praises God and says that you will go before him with a message of repentance. They don't want to hear a message of repentance. And so they took and they killed him and martyred him. And that's why John is out in the Jordan. And he's not back in the temple as a priest. His father was murdered and martyred. And yet he carried out the function of anointing the Passover lamb. You killed, literally, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. That's who I believe is being spoken about here the one that was waiting for Messiah, one unlike the phony priest Annas and Caiaphas, one unlike the phony zealots, they took and they murdered him, and the same thing would happen to his son, right? Because of Herod, John would be beheaded. How, back to the topic at hand, how does Jesus respond to the faithless priests Annas and Caiaphas and to the Sanhedrin. These men are not true priests in the sense that God desired them to be, the descendants of Aaron. They're right in the middle of the power and politics of Rome. Yet they too, like the Pharisees who sat in Moses' seat, represented something true, an office that God established, the descendants of Aaron. The ones that were to administer and officiate at the temple, the one place where God would place his name. It is an office that will be overshadowed by the coming of Messiah and a higher priesthood in the order of Melchizedek. It is a priesthood that is destined of itself to grow old and to vanish away. But let's see how the Lord dealt with them, these men who were more in the order of Eli's sons than of the faithful priests of Aaron. In John chapter 18, then the detachment of troops, verse 12, and the captain and officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. And they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. So Annas is still more powerful, right? First they want to see what the old priest wants to say before they bring Jesus to Caiaphas. Uh, down in verse 19, then the high priest then asked, and John recognizes that Annas is really, really working as high priest also. The high priest then asked Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spoke openly to the world. 
I always taught in synagogues and in the temple where the Jews always met, and in secret I have said nothing. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. Indeed, they know what I said. Now, actually, all along, if you look in the Gospel of John, Jesus has been speaking to the priests, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, to the emissaries that the priests send, and you have long conversations over the three years of ministry. Now at the end, his record is complete. They know exactly what he believes in. Verse 22, And when he had said these things, one of the officers who stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Do you answer the high priest like that? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why do you strike me? Then Annas sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. He had enough. He sent them over to Caiaphas, and he'll join Caiaphas in making a decision upon him. If you look at Jesus' response, he's truthful, he's logical, he's respectful. There's no disrespect in his words, and yet they take and they strike him because you're supposed to stand in awe of the high priest. Jesus is not in awe of the high priest. He understands where these men are coming from, yet he doesn't disrespect him. And that's one of the points we want to see. If you go in Matthew chapter 26, and he doesn't disrespect them because of the office. There's an important point to that for us today. You can find information about Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle on the web. The address is www.shiarjeshub.org. It is a great site to share with your friends for serious Bible study. May the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.